everyone, welcome back to Roehampton Lawcast. I'm Maureen, and today I'm, go- I'm joined by Amy, your co-host, and Reshma, your employment law professor. And we're back for Back to Basics Part 2. I'll hand over to Reshma to introduce herself. Thank you very much. So I'm um, Reshma Derasari. Um, I'm a solicitor, and um, yes, I teach employment law to year threes and also criminal evidence. So the fundamental differences between um, solicitors and barristers are really three things. The first thing is that um, solicitors are employed. Uh, That means obviously they get a salary and they also get a pension and they get all the um, security that goes with employment. Barristers, on the other hand, are self-employed. They are affiliated to what's called the chambers, but they are very much self-employed. They have all the flexibility, but they have to make their own arrangements for pension and other things. Um, The second difference uh, in terms of the work that they do is that solicitors are generally the first port of call um, for all clients. So if anybody has a legal problem or difficulty, the first thing that they'll do, the first person who they'll see rather, is a solicitor to get advice um, uh, on that. And so clients will go to a solicitor as their first port of call. The solicitor will look at um, any merits of, of a case that they have or try to resolve the uh, dispute for the client. That might be writing letters to the other side, trying to mediate or negotiate a settlement. And it's only if um, the matter is not resolved then that it goes to a barrister. And barristers are specialists in litigating. So they're the ones who go to court, um, either um, you know, the, the high court for, for civil matters or obviously the, the criminal court um, for, for, for criminal matters, crown court, and, and they litigate and they are what's called, you know, um, involved in dispute resolution. So clients will first see a solicitor um, and they uh, only generally go on to meet their barrister if the matter is going to court. Having said that though, there are um, some solicitors who have higher rights of audience. You can go on and, and get an additional qualification, which gives um, a solicitor a right to go to um, the high court and upper courts. Um, they already have rights to go to the county court. So if you're a little bit interested in, in possibly dabbling in litigation, then um, you can still go to county court as a solicitor, but you are precluded from going to um, uh, the high court um, or the Crown Court. So that's the um, main difference in terms of uh, employment status and um, interacting with clients. You spoke a little bit there about the extra qualification you can get as a solicitor to have higher rights of audience, but earlier on, how do you become a solicitor? How do you become a barrister? What is the difference there? Right, so I think if anyone is considering um, which, which route to take, uh, I think my advice would be to first of all think about if they know already what practice area they're interested in because although there's an overlap with a lot um, of practice areas which i'll come to in a minute some seem to me um, naturally lend themselves more to either the solicitor's route or the barristers so for anybody who's interested in practicing commercial corporate including mergers and acquisitions um, any kind of um, commercial property conveyancing uh, type things they they're probably um, best advised to go down the solicitor's route. Um, uh, And for those who are interested in really being on their feet, being in court all the time and litigating 
um, then the barrister route is for you. Having said that, there are areas that overlap, as I said, so like family law and employment law, um, solicitors might advise in those areas and be the first port of call for, for clients that they are um, advising in those areas. Uh, and they might also go to the county court um, in family law or the tribunal in employment law on behalf of their clients. And some of some solicitors who own their own high street farms or their um, small to medium sized farms might go and do their own advocacy work. But at the end of the day, solicitors are interested in in billing and generating an income. Um, and so it's it's easier for them to hire a barrister to attend court to um, do a matter for them than to go themselves and do that. They would rather stay at the office and generate um, you know, more referrals, more clients, and more income. So although uh, they can go, so solicitors can go and do go to the employment tribunal and the um, county courts, um, it, it, it's not uh, very, very common. Um, the major difference is in criminal law. If you want to um, maybe advise uh, clients on, on def defense work, then um, you're a solicitor. If you really want to go to the Crown Court and, um, and actually work as an advocate, then uh, the barrister route is for you. Um, there are uh, solicitors in the Crown Prosecution Service so if you want to be an employed, you want to go into criminal law, but, but have the security of being employed uh, and work for prosecution, then the Crown Prosecution Service is a, is a good um, option. And the barristers that do their work are actually, uh, they have some in-house barristers, but most of them, uh, most of the cases the CPS um, gives out to chambers, especially um, high-level cases including the Queen's Council. We've spoken a little bit about differences between a barrister and solicitor, but what do you think are the, some of the core transferable skills that you need to be either one? Um, obviously, uh, you know, knowledge of the law, um, being able to communicate clearly uh, and in plain English to clients who obviously by the time they've come to you as either as a solicitor or a barrister are extremely upset um, it's being involved in um, in any legal uh, dispute is extremely stressful and expensive both for um, lay clients and um, so being able to have that um, uh, compassion and understanding for that and to be able to communicate with them clearly about what are the various options so I think communication and also being able to talk to think tactically um, because uh, you know it's somebody's life at the end of the day and although it's a black letter law there's a lot involved in um, there's cost implications reputational implications um, uh, psychological family lots of other implications um, being involved in a, in a legal dispute and so tactics are often and, and, and therefore having commercial awareness uh, is often really, really important. Commercial awareness is a bit of a buzzword and we have actually done a podcast on that. So if you're thinking, I don't know what that is, go back a couple of episodes and all the information is there. Um, are there any skills that you think are specific more to being a barrister than to being a solicitor or vice versa? Anything that um, the listeners can develop if they really think they want to go down one line? Um, 
yes, obviously, if um, they're looking to qualify as barristers, then they need to be um, uh, quite comfortable and confident with public speaking, of course. Um, and also being comfortable with working under very tight deadlines, um, being put under uh, quite a bit of pressure. It's, it's often um, the case that barristers are instructed, you know, get a, a brief at the very last moment, particularly in, in criminal law, and might have to travel from London to Manchester or Leeds or whatever um, for a criminal trial that's beginning the following morning. So being able to um, manage your time effectively and efficiently, working really well under pressure, um, and just being very good and comfortable with um, oral advocacy. Uh, and, and being um, an extrovert in that sense is really key. Um, for solicitors, they work equally hard. The hours can be extremely um, long. And, and again, I think in the legal profession overall, being able to deal with stress, pressures, and com competing demands um, is absolutely essential. You've spoken a little bit about advocacy and public speaking. We do actually have a meeting team at the university. So would you like to explain a little bit what mooting is? Um, yeah, so mooting basically is that there's a, um, an appeal uh, that is, is presented. So a case at a lower level has, has been, um, you know, judgment has been given to one side or the other. The loser is appealing the uh, judgment and there are some reasons given for, because it's natural justice, there always has to be some reasons given for the decision. Uh, you get this moot question, and depending on who you're acting for, you might act for the um, applicant, which is the person who's appealing, or the respondent, um, you have to formulate your arguments. So, um, you know, arguments of why the decision was correct, um, in, in the first instance, meaning the, the first judge's decision, or why, if you're acting for the opposite side, why the decision was wrong. And um, you need to, the most important thing is to know the law around that area extremely well. And, the, and although um, there's a lot of advocacy that takes place, your, um, your advocacy is only as good as the research that you've done and that you're making correct and accurate um, representations. Now, you spoke about um, the transferable skills being one being knowing the law and obviously another skill you spoke about was advocacy, which is why we s stressed the importance of joining the mooting team in our last podcast, whether you're looking to be a solicitor or a barrister, because both those skills will help you in your legal profession at any given time. Yeah, I mean, I might add actually to that, that it will help you um, to develop your critical thinking skills and be able to um, put an argument in, in a succinct, good format, which you need uh, even if you are a solicitor. Solicitors often draft um, proceedings to cases, so they, you know, the particulars of mm -hmm. claim, if it's a civil matter, um, if it's not very complicated, it doesn't go to barristers. Solicitors do it, and so you have to be able to put your points down on paper in um, not only in the most correct, accurate way, but also in the most persuasive way. And being um, persuasive is a skill um, that can be practiced. So in the last podcast, I said I thought that work experience was a really good way to decide what you like and what you don't like. But 
how do you students go about getting work experience and is it only legal work experience that is important? Um, I think nowadays uh, any kind of work experience um, is really very important. Um, you know, obviously the closer it is aligned to, to legal work and legal practice and particularly if it's aligned to um, practice areas that you're interested in or you're intending to practice in, obviously um, that is the, the best thing. But the training for solicitors is changing. And so um, the vocational education across, just to go back a step, you take uh, an, an LLB or if you have a degree in some other subject, you can take what's called the conversion course, the GDL. Solicitors go on to the legal practice course uh, and then they have two years of what's called qualifying legal employment. And that can be um, it, it, uh, virtually anything now. It's really rather than being what it used to be traditionally was with um, a solicitor's firm working working um, under your supervising solicitor. Now you can get that experience in other, other areas. So in companies, um, particularly retail, if you're working in the legal department for them, um, or equally with like mobile phones and other things working in the legal department, with charities um, uh, in their legal department, obviously any kind of commercial set, it might be you might be working in data protection, you might work for the um, FCA in, in some manner, you might work for ombudsman, that also helps very much. Um, so any kind of, of work experience. And if you don't have direct legal work experience, then obviously because you are all training to be lawyers in any event, be persuasive. So if you've worked in retail, for example, change that a little bit on your CV to, to make it look like you, know, you can be persuasive. You did X number of sales. You know how to um, meet clients' needs. You anticipate what they want, you, you know, that sort of thing. So tie it back to the skills that you need as a lawyer, which is, you know, um, understanding your clients' needs and wants, resolving their issues as quickly as possible and as cheaply as possible. Um, that's what a, what any good lawyer is, really. Um, and so I think any kind of, even if you have volunteer experience that you could talk about your communication skills, the ability to interact with people from um, a range of uh, backgrounds, um, the ability to work under pressure, time management, all of these things um, will be helpful in my view. And if you're in your second year, when you get into your third year at Roehampton Law School, you actually have the opportunity to apply to work in the Roehampton Law Clinic, which gives you really great practical work experience, so keep an eye out for those applications in spring semester. And can I just mention that I am the supervising solicitor of the Law Clinic, and I've seen students um, uh, really blossom in that role. Uh, because they come in a little bit uh, apprehensive about talking directly to um, clients, which, which they're able to do. And within a couple of weeks, they've, um, their confidence has grown so much because they've honed in on um, the issues that are important in a case when they see the referral in the first place. Uh, and they um, have practiced their interview skills with, with clients. And they learn all sorts of other things that um, because we are a law firm, um, and they learn all sorts of things from time recording to drafting attendance notes to drafting witness statements. Uh, last year, um, a group of students drafted the particulars of claim, the first draft of it. So it's going to help you not only develop skills and confidence, but when you go to an interview, you'll have 
actually something to talk about which makes you stand out from other students because it the competition is so much in law that um even if you have a first or a distinction um magic circle or silver circle firm or good set of um chambers is going to say yeah so what so do the other 200 people sitting outside this interview room they all have a distinction and they were all on the move team and they all did voluntary work you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so what makes you different you know and that's i think um the more you can ask yourself which practice areas you like what your really self reflect and and think about um uh what qualities you have uh in the long run over 25 years you know do you really want to be going to a different court every single day running around at short notice um if that's exciting to you and you love it fine you know if you want to be sat behind um a, a desk uh, fine you know you have um ideas of partnership or whatever but i think really knowing your the um areas of law that you are interested in and what you want to practice is the best thing to help you the whole idea of being very generic about things um uh, those days are gone i think there you know 15 20 years ago barristers used to practice criminal and civil and a wide range of things one day they'd be in one a criminal court the next day they'd be in a in a family court or magistrates whatever it's different now and i think being super specialized um helps and being able to target your applications to the correct places so just saying i want commercial law well what type where i mean if if you can really demonstrate a passion for a particular area practice area and you make your applications to those key firms or chambers that work in that area your chances of success are a lot higher than just throwing in hundreds of generic applications all over the place sort of willy-nilly you know hoping that something sticks uh those are the people that i've seen um fall between the cracks Yeah, that's something actually we stressed on on the first batch basics podcast. Um but also I think self-awareness oh. is is so important, especially throughout your law school journey, like not even not just like in your third year or your second year, like right from the bat when you get into that first year, you should be constantly thinking what what do I want to practice? Oh. And you have so much opportunity to do that because in first year you you take so many different modules, you get introduced to law, oh. you can really uh, you have the opportunity to ask your lecturers who are practicing some some of our lecturers who are practicing as well who who really know about the law itself. So that and that and those particular areas. So self-awareness I think is something that can't be stressed enough at in our generation at our time at the moment because the competition is high and I think the um the law in practice in reality is extremely different from the law that you learn the black letter law that you learn in law school um and even when you go on to the BPTC or the OPC course so I think the best thing to do is to shadow solicitors shadow barristers you can go on mini pupilages and shadow people for a couple of days and you might think that you love criminal law but you go for 3 days to a barrister's chambers and find that um you know actually in reality it's abhorrent you don't like to um go down to the cells you know uh, or you don't want to go to to the you know whatever jail it is um you know or 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 family matter it looks really interesting but actually you can't take the emotions of of um a parent who might be losing their child for example and you you just can't deal with that it 
Um, so that you can go out and see. And I think um, going and experiencing, going to law firms or make applications to your local high street law firm, they will, they're happy to take you in uh, for a couple of days, make applications to barristers chambers and shadow people. You can even shadow judges if you want. Um, and, and ask people who you know. Um, you, you can also um, often sh do work experience in the police station. So I think um, going out in the real world and seeing things is the best way to determine um, what will be a good fit for you and whether you like it in reality, not in a, mm -hmm. uh, in a textbook. Um, and to think about your future plans too. You know, do you, um, where do you see yourself after 10 or 15 years? Do you want to have a family? Are you happy to be away from your family? Are you happy to work long hours? You know, there's a, there's a difference between, as I said, solicitors and barristers in terms of um, uh, employment security and steady income. So if those are factors, yeah. they, they need to be considered. I think being realistic is extremely important because when you qualify as one, you cannot cross over and qualify as another which people don't realize. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in terms of competition, um, because the solicitor's route, so that means after doing the LPC and then going on to get two years qualifying work experience, it seems to be easier, in my view, to get what will be qualifying work experience than a training contract. And um, training contracts, which um, are, of course, necessary to fully qualify as a barrister, have to... Um, commence uh, within the first five years of having been called to the bar. So you finish your BPTC, which then you're called to the bar, but you need to do pupillage and you need to find that pupillage um, within five years. And if you don't, um, you know, I'm sure you, you would have learned all kinds of great skills, but in terms of a qualification, it's not really, the skills might be transferable, but the qualification doesn't in itself lend you, um, take you any place. Okay. Uh, there are exceptions and you can apply to the Bar Council to get an extension of time, but you really need to do your one year's pupillage um, within that five year window, otherwise you're without anything. Mm. Um, and you cannot then qualify as a solicitor. You used to be able to before, but now you can't. So if you want to become a barrister, you, you, know, you have to, I think people need to do that with their eyes open to really understand um, the financial and other risks of it. Um, a solicitor is, is a different route. Um, and as I said, you, solicitors can get higher rights of audience. And there is movement and an overlap between uh, the two. But, um, but that's the exception, not the rule. There has been a lot of information given there. It's been really helpful, especially building on the podcast that we did last week to see how it works in practice um, and the view of somebody who has obviously a lot more experience than we do. Uh, thank you, Rashma, for joining us. Thank you. It was my <laughs> pleasure. Thank you very much. And good luck to everyone out there. Absolutely. We will see you next time on the podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye.